so whenever I was in, I think I was a freshman in high school, um, I had a best friend named Danny Potter. He was my guy. We were both supposed to be born on December the 14th. He decided to come 13 days early. So he's 13 days older than me, I guess. That's what that means. So um, Danny and I were best friends, and we were also neighbors. And growing up, me and my boy Danny would hang out all the time. We were kicking it left and right. And uh, one of the things we did all the time with each other is we go to people's home. We do this thing called rolling their house. You know what that is? It would be where you would take a piece of toilet paper. You go to the store. You look like, you look as guilty as could be whenever you're like a freshman in high school. You roll up to Kroger and you're like, I need all the toilet paper you got, you know, and you've got like rolls of it. But I remember we would do it to all of our closest friends all the time. We would just, it was like our prank to each other. We'd go to their home, we'd take toilet paper, we would roll their home, and uh, the next day they'd have to like show up in the morning, go clean it, and it was like, ha ha, gotcha, bro, you know? That was what we did. And uh, my best friend Danny was gone on vacation, and he was gone for the whole week. And I was like, we gotta roll Danny, you know? And uh, so while he's on vacation, we decide we're going to go roll his house. We get all the toilet paper, go to the house. We're standing outside and we're like, he's not going to be here for like three more days. I was like, we got to do something that's going to stick, you know? And so well, me being a best friend, I knew their security password to their house. And I knew how to sneak through that, their garage that connected to their attic, sneak through some pipes, sneak over some, uh, you know, air vac stuff sneak into the top upstairs bathroom. And then I just run downstairs in 60 seconds, turn off the alarm and Mission Impossible is complete. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like I was Tom Cruise or something. So, so me and my boy, Frank, Frank, me and my boy, Frank, we, uh, we climbed through the attic. We snuck into the upstairs. Alarm goes off. We run downstairs, turn it off in the nick of time. The police never showed up. The crime is complete. All except for the part of throwing toilet paper all over their house. So I went to my boy Danny's house first, or his room, I mean, and I took the toilet paper and, you know, and you would kind of set it up to where it's like wrapped around something, right? You know, and you're kind of like taking it to the next spot. You're putting it over something else. I'm going to put it under your chair. Is that okay? Perfect. Great. I would take it here and I'd be like, well, we got to throw it over the ceiling, fam. I mean, what are we talking about? This isn't child's place. This is the real deal. So we would take it. We would be like, throw it over, you know? in some fashion. And then pretty soon, his whole room is just full of like toilet paper all across the spot, right? And then we're like, we're like, man, this is like Picasso. We have decorated his home perfect. It looks amazing. We leave it there. Now it is Saturday. We did it on a Wednesday night. It's Saturday. They're coming home. I'm at, I'm at the sporting goods store right down the street, actually, with my dad. We're shopping, doing our thing, and then all of a sudden, I get a phone call from Danny, and he tells me this. He says, bro, did you roll my house? And I was like, no, man, what are you talking about, bro? I don't know who did that. That's crazy, right? And he says, no, I'm serious, Corey. Did you roll my house? And I was like, yeah, dude, what's the big deal? Like, we, you know, yeah, pretty crazy, huh? You know, and he's like, he says, you have no idea what you've done. He said, I, I think you bumped a pipe when you were crawling through the attic space. And when my dad walked into his bedroom, his dad is like 
King Kong. I mean, just massive. Like he speaks and you should get scared, you know? He walks into his bedroom and the ceiling fan that he left on is slinging water all over his whole bedroom. His name was Mr. Keith. Mr. Keith took his forearm and snapped his door. That's how upset he was. Now, I love Mr. Keith. Now, he's hot-headed, but I love Mr. Keith. Keith thought his son left the water going while he was gone. It wasn't the water that was on. It was me. I bumped a pipe. I'm sitting in Dick's Sporting Goods with my dad, and he is like blown away that I've made this mistake. Keith, I didn't want to go to his home. I didn't go to my best friend's house for six months. I was terrified of Keith. I'm, I blew it. The, the cost of my stupid making, the cost of what I did was exponential. I had no idea what my actions were doing or causing in a greater picture. Here's what I tell you, students. Every single one of you can probably relate in some form or fashion with a moment where you just blew it. You messed up and the consequences, man, were far greater than anything you ever wanted to walk through. You ever been there? Y'all have all dealt with it, man. Maybe you got caught at your house looking at something on their phone or something you shouldn't have been and your mom and dad, man, are coming down with the hammer on it. Maybe you're at school and to be honest, you got mad at something and you got accused for something and you got mad that you were being accused of something you didn't feel like you did and you got irate and you got mad and you blew up on the teacher and now you're suspended. You're in, you know, I don't know, what, what do they call it? What do you call it you go to now? You get expelled, you get sent to in-school suspension, ISS, I'm with you. I don't, whatever it is. Yeah, y'all, all, y'all know what I'm talking about though, right? Let me ask you this. Normally you get in trouble with somebody, somebody who's an authority. Hold up right here. You get in trouble with an authority in your life that has the right and is just. They are right to do this by punishing you for something you did. Now, whether we like the punishment, we don't, I don't want to be grounded. I don't want to get in trouble. But at the end of the day, if I do something wrong to my sister, my mom and dad have every right to punish me for it, right? I deserve it. Now, I don't like the punishment. I don't like being grounded. I don't want to deal with that. But I'm, I deserve the punishment that I received because I messed up. Can I tell y'all a truth that we get from Scripture? This isn't from Corey. This is from the Bible. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of your sin, the cost of your sin, the penalty for your sin, the penalty for your mistakes, the outcome, the result of what you do when you make a mistake against God is this, an eternal death, an eternal punishment. That's a place called hell. And when anyone in this world is born, they're born making mistakes just like everyone. No one is born perfect. And so the result of us being born into sin, born into a habit of doing something wrong, which all of us are guilty of, the result of that, guys, is an eternal damnation to a place called hell. 
It's a place where you're separated from God forever, for an eternity. We can't even put it into a mind and put it into a time frame. But for infinity, you are separated from God in a place of anguish, torment. But the worst part of it all is that you are missing out on the presence of the Lord. There's no second chance in hell. You don't get to say, let's run it back, coach. Let's go one more time. That doesn't happen. This life that you have right now is all you got. And what you do with it is gonna matter. And I wanna put this verse on the screen for you real quick. It's John 3, 16. Y'all know this verse. You grew up with this verse. Many of you probably have it memorized. But I wanna tell you what it means to you as a sixth grader, or seventh grader, eighth grader today. Like, what does it mean for you? It's not just a cute verse to put on a pillow. It's not just a cute verse that you put on a, you know, Instagram post, like it's a real life application truth that God has given us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Who? (laughs) That was confusing, I get it. Who did God love? The world. When he says the world, who is he talking about? I want you to repeat after me right here. God loves me. God loves me. Oh, y'all got to say it with some enthusiasm, guys. Say it with me. One, two, three. God loves me. I'm serious. God loves you. God genuinely loves you. It's not just a, a like, a, hey, man, I love you, bro. No, he means I love you. And you're like, wait, me? Like, you, you know what I deal with? You know where I make mistakes? Do you know the family I got at home? Do you know the, the anxieties and the things that I think about on a normal basis? Do you know the challenges that I face? You love me? And God's like, yes, I love all of it. Like, man, how can that be? Like, you love all of this? Like, even I don't even love all this, Right? Like every time I post on Instagram, I'm changing a filter on something because I don't want them to see the real me. I walk through school and I try to cover up with different things so people don't see the real me because I don't even like me. And God's like, man, don't forget that. I love every part of you. The good, the bad, the ugly. And this is what he says. There is no good, the bad, but there's only what I made and I made is good. What I made is good. Students, God loves you every part of you, but there's one thing that he hates and that is sin. And he hates it when his creation chooses to disobey his commands, which all of us are guilty of. He doesn't hate you, he loves you, but he hates your sin. And the consequence of that sin is what? We talked about it a minute ago. What's the consequence? Death. So how, here's the question. If all of us are loved by God, however, he hates our sin and our sin has caused us to be separated from him with the results of death, how do we fix that? Like, how do we resolve that situation? Here's what he says. For God so loved the world, this is how he loves them, that he, God, sent his only son. And that is talking about Jesus. God says, I sent my only son, my only one loved son, Jesus Christ. I sent him to you. He says, I sent my son Jesus to you and that if you would believe in him, you would have eternal life. He's saying, I'll wipe away 
all of the guilt. Since I don't know how to explain this to you, but whenever I was, I wish I had my golf club with me. I wish I could tell y'all the story in full blown. Whenever I was, man, a kid, I was in probably like fifth grade, maybe. I had a putter in the house and my, I'm not, I'm telling all my stories tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, I was in the house. My dad told me never swing the golf club in the house. He told me never swing the golf club in the house. It's dangerous. And I was in the room, my dad in the game room and I was putting Back and forth, my dad walks out of the room and I thought to myself, this is my chance. I took the golf club and I swung as hard as I could. And as I was coming through on the follow swing, my sister walked in the room and I popped her right in the mouth. It, it was so bad. My dad walked in and without even saying a word, he took his hand and started wearing my tail out. He knew what I did. I knew what I did. I'm not kidding. My dad had to have spanked me from every inch of my house all the way back to my bedroom. He was wearing my butt out because I deserved it. I deserved it. That was the cost of my choice to sin against my dad. That was the result of it. You know what today? My dad has fully forgiven me for that moment right there. He doesn't hold it over my head. He doesn't even think about it. My sister's fine. She's good. She's good. Yeah, my sister's fine. She's good. No, she's good. She's good. I promise. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing the part of the story. My dad has forgiven me fully. I go eat dinner with my dad all the time. I hang out with him. I call my dad because I love him. And guess what? He loves me back. He doesn't hold my mistakes over my head. He's forgiven me in full. When I go hang out with my dad, he's not like, hey, man, but you still remember what you did back in the day, don't you? Like, hey, but hey, I know, listen, I got you a new Christmas gift for Christmas, but listen, I was gonna get something bigger, but I just remember what you did a couple years ago, and I just, I decided not to get it for you. I got something else this year, you know? My dad has forgiven me in full. And here's what I'm trying to tell you, students, is that Jesus came to this earth. He took on the penalty of death. He died on the cross for you to make a way for you to be saved. But here's the most important thing, that your debt would be wiped clean, that when God looks at you as a young man, he doesn't see a sinner, but he sees a saint. When he looks at you as a young woman, he doesn't see someone with all this guilt and baggage and shame of where they've made mistakes. He looks at her as a woman who is loved by God, the slate has been wiped clean, and they are holy and pure before the Lord of all creation. That happens when a person places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the game changer for your life, is looking to Jesus with an attitude of saying, God, I place my faith in you. I believe that Jesus is on the cross for my sins, and I want to receive Jesus as the one who is the Lord, the boss, and the Savior of my life. I want to trust in him. I want my slate wiped clean. I want to experience full forgiveness. I want to experience true love from someone who loves me for the whole package. Who doesn't look at me with condemnation, with guilt, or anything like that, but looks at me as an innocent, righteous person. Not because I'm good, but because my God has wiped my slate clean. I know y'all know this verse. I'm going to ask y'all this very simple question. And I don't want you to give me a response. I just want you to think about it in your heart. Has Jesus wiped your slate clean?
That does not happen if you have not placed your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You can show up to church. You can show up to a life group. You can come to the mix. None of those things are gonna be a ticket into the Lord's throne room one day. There's no way. What he's gonna say is, have you placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Is he the boss of your life? Do you really believe in him? Like really believe in him? That's gonna be your ticket to an eternal life with Jesus Christ. Tonight, I look around the room. There's people that have grown up in this church their whole life. There's people in this room who this is like your first, second, or third time ever at this church in your whole life. And I believe there's people in this camp and there's people in that camp who tonight need to give their life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. I'm not talking about, man, I just wanna be better. I'm not just talking about, man, I wanna start reading my Bible today. I'm talking about tonight, you need to nail down your decision to follow Jesus with your life. I want everybody to take a moment. I want you to bow your head. You keep everything where it's at. I don't want you to make a lot of movement right here. Just close your eyes and bow your head for me. I want you to ask this question. Are you a follower of Jesus? I'm not talking about you know about Jesus. I'm not talking about that you go to church or you've heard about Jesus. I'm asking, are you a follower? Like, do you live your life every day thinking this? How can I serve my master, Jesus Christ? Do you wake up and think about, I am a child of God. My slate has been wiped clean. I am righteous before the Lord. I pray there's a lot of people in the room that would say, yes, I think about that. I've made that decision. They can take it back to when they were in fourth grade, fifth grade. Maybe it was when they were in sixth grade. Maybe it was when they were younger than that. But they can go back to a moment in their life where they said, I made a decision to follow Jesus. And I pray that you would have confidence today leaving this room saying, I know that I'm a follower of Jesus. I know that I have eternal life because I believed in the Lord. I pray there's a large number in this room that would say they are in that camp. But I'm asking you as well, is there someone in the room tonight who would answer this question of saying, I don't know if I've ever made that decision to follow Jesus. I don't think I've ever had a moment where I came face to face with the Lord and said, you know what? I'm ready to nail this down. I'm ready to become a follower of him, to receive him as the master of my life. I don't wanna live by my rules. I wanna live by God's rules. I wanna change. I wanna experience the real love that you're talking about. If that's you in this room tonight, while everyone's got their eyes closed and their heads bowed, I wanna ask you to do me a favor. If that's you for the first time, wanna give your life to Jesus, I just want you to lift your head up and look at me. Everyone else is gonna keep their heads down for us. Thank you, I see you right there, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you. Anyone else? Everybody keep your heads bowed for me real quick. I'm gonna talk to the two that were with me just a moment ago that I was talking to. I see you. For those two that I know that I've made eye contact with, I want you to do me a favor. While everybody's got their eyes closed, head bowed, just me and you right here. The decision to follow Jesus is the best thing you could ever do with your life. I promise. It changed my life. My life is never the same because of it. And the hope that I have in the Lord you couldn't pay me a million dollars and I wouldn't trade what I got. I want you to experience the same joy in that tonight. Would you be willing for me to pair you up with one of our adult counselors to talk through that? Is that okay? Can I walk with you to the back real quick? Is that okay? Everybody keep your head bowed, eyes closed. I'm gonna come to you real quick. Come on with me. Come on, let's go back here. We'll go talk. 
You want to come too? Come on. I'm going to walk you back here with me. We'll go talk. Everybody keep your heads bowed, eyes closed, okay? Everybody else right here with me. Look at me real quick. Two people walked in faith, big time, which I'm pointing about. You ain't got to clap yet. Don't clap yet. I just want you to know. Two people made a decision tonight that they're gonna, their life is going to be forever be changed because they made a decision to follow Jesus. I mean, that's what, I'm be honest, if that's what I did tonight, if that's the only thing I did tonight, is get to see someone get saved, if that's what you did tonight, you showed up in the room tonight, you saw two people get saved tonight, is that not a win? Someone's life forever changed? Y'all with me there? <laughs> students, students, students. That's a, that's a praise to the Lord, not to anyone in this room. Not one person from the stage, myself or others, get any credit or deserving like glory for that. That is all the Lord. This is what I want you to know, though, students. This message of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him, should not perish but have eternal life, ought to be the message that is on your mind every single day. You ought to wake up in the morning and before you grab, man, your phone or you grab, man, you go downstairs and grab a bowl of cereal, whatever it is, you ought to be thinking first thing about the Lord and the great love and grace and sovereign hand that he has in your life. God chases you down. Even after you have a bad week, he still loves you. And even after you have a great week, he still loves you. And everywhere in between, he sees you, he cares for you, he wants to walk you through this week, and he wants to walk you through the next one ahead and the one after that because God richly loves you. If that's the only thing you get tonight is that God loves me, then I have succeeded in giving you a message from the word. I pray you leave encouraged tonight knowing that Jesus has fully wiped your slate clean and that you are free to walk in this life with the Lord, following his ways, not your ways, but his ways, and seeing him bless and lead and direct your steps, even in the middle of the hard ones, the hard seasons, he is there to walk you through it. God loves you. Everybody say it with me. God loves me. Say it with me, one, two, three. God loves me. Let's read the verse off the screen one more time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.